0: Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the sermon from lead pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org.
1: There is this habit that I have right there to say thank you and you may be seated. But I think most of you are probably already seated today. I want to encourage you to stay with us for a couple of minutes after our service ends because I want to share with you a tremendous opportunity to care for some of the most vulnerable in our community during this crisis time. So I want to encourage you to do that. I also want to encourage you to continue your generous giving so that uh, the work that we have, as a church, the commitments that we have made to things like supporting our global and national missionaries, as well as the work that we've committed to do locally, can can continue on. Uh, we also know that there are going to be coming waves of, of need because of short-term unemployment, and our leaders are going to do everything that we can to cut back expenses during, during this time and as we seek to be incredible stewards of, of your giving. So please let me urge you to give, continue to give obediently and even generously. And if you haven't already done this, I want to encourage you to begin giving online. You can go to our website, riverbluff.org, and then just click on the word give up at the upper right-hand corner and follow those instructions. If you have problems, you can call the office this week uh, during normal office hours, and our, our staff will answer those questions and help you do that. Now we have uh, we're in the middle of a teaching series that we believe that the Lord gave to us, uh, and I think with my whole heart that it has lined up perfectly with the events that we're now engaged in. Uh, the series that we are in, and we entitled it "Jesus Determined." And we, we started this a few weeks ago. We laid out the messages, and it, it actually derives from Luke chapter 9, verse 51, where the Bible tells us that Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem. He had determined to, to go to the cross on, on our behalf. And we said that there were some additional things that Jesus wanted for his followers that Jesus was determined to do for those who followed him in their lives. So two weeks ago, we looked at John chapter 11, and we saw that Jesus is determined to raise up what's dead in his people. He wants to do that. And I'm told that will forever be known as the Krispy Kreme message. For those of you that were here, we'll know what that means. Last week, uh, we looked at Luke chapter 12, where Jesus uh, was determined to wipe out our worry. And we, we I, I'd encourage you to go back and watch that if you didn't have a chance to on online uh, this week. Uh, this week we have also scheduled something. I had been scheduled to be out of town to actually be uh, on a, a, a brief vacation, and we had lined up uh, Jimmy Sanders, who is one of our elders, who would bring that message. Um, and today the message was laid out to be that Jesus was determined that His people would be uh, prayer dependent. And because I believe with my whole heart that God is sovereign, uh, because we, we believe that as a church and uh, God had knew everything that we're facing was, was coming when we didn't. Uh, I still believe that God had ordained Jimmy to to, to deliver this message. Now, those of you that know me know I have control issues, and I started to step in, uh, but really felt like the Holy Spirit said, no, Joe, this is what God had planned. So uh, Jimmy is coming. For those of you who don't know him, Jimmy Sanders is one of our elders. Jimmy has also pastored uh, churches formerly in Orangeburg uh, uh, and Aiken and Augusta. He currently serves as a, a hospice chal- uh, chaplain, uh, which is kind of his sweet spot. And we're privileged to have him come today uh, and lead us as uh, we open God's Word. So Jimmy, I'm going to ask you to, to come on up, and we're going to maintain some spatial distance. But I want to pray for you, brother, as uh, you open God's Word to us today. So let me do that this morning. Father God, we come in Jesus' name, giving thanks to you for your Word, giving thanks, God, uh, for your heart, for your people. And God, I believe with my whole heart, you decided it, it, for us, weeks ago, we came to know it, decided maybe before the world was formed even, God, that Jimmy would open your word today and, and bring a message on your heart for your people to be uh, just, d- God, devoted And uh, God, just connect it to you in prayer. And I believe we need that like never before. So, God, I ask you to hide Jimmy behind the cross of Jesus Christ. I ask you, Father, that the meditations of his mind and heart and the words that will flow out of his mouth will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, as you fill him, Holy Spirit, with power now. From, from on high. And I pray, God, as Holy Spirit, as you're here in this place, that you will be there on the receiving end where your people are gathered in homes today, and that you will fill uh, every word with, with power from on high. We give you thanks for what you want to do. We're, we're eager with anticipation, God, to, to hear from, from your servant, Jimmy. And we ask you to bless him now in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Well, good morning, church. Let me make sure I'm on... All... Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? I guess. Uh, good morning. My my voice or not my voice, but my uh, thing is not on. But anyway, uh, today is a little different, as you can imagine. One of the things that uh, uh, I can I can honestly say that I have never done this before. I have never done a live stream. I've never done YouTube. And uh, I was asking my wife this morning, should I shave or should I, you know, should I make sure that you don't see all the imperfections of my face? And so uh, she said, whatever you do, it will be fine. And so, uh, but I don't know how your week has been, but mine has been a little different. Uh, And so one of the scripture verses that has penetrated my mind this week comes from Philippians chapter 4. And verse 4 through 8 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard two things. It will guard your mind and will guard your heart. And that has been my scripture verse that I've been going to uh, this week. And I hope and I pray that it would be a comfort to you this morning. as we look at scripture this morning, Uh, last week the President of the United States called for a National Day of Prayer. He asked us to pray for the health and well-being of others and that no problem was too big for God. He said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He also went to say to pray for all those affected by the virus that will feel the presence of the Lord's protection and love during this time. In Scripture, there are multiple examples of how prayer stops storms. Calmed waves, healed the sick, and raised the dead, and even stopped time. Scripture reminds us in Matthew chapter nineteen, verse twenty-six: "With God, all things are possible." One of the things that you noticed this morning that is missing are slides. And so I was creating my slides this week, and I probably had over forty-seven thousand slides that uh, that I created, and uh, none of them will be shown today. However, uh, you were given on our website uh, a outline of today's message. So if you want to take a look on the or print it and off of the website, you're more than welcome to to follow along uh, in uh, your uh, U you version as well. And so. This morning, uh, you know, one of the things that I want to encourage you and I to do in the coming days is to turn our panic into prayer. The sources that we often turn to for comfort cannot do anything for us. Hollywood can't save us. There's not a blockbuster film or actor who can get us out of this. Technology can't save us either. Our smartphones, our computer and TV screens just feed us a barrage of information that heightens our stress and anxiety. Our lawmakers can't save us. Hopefully they can work together and and do what they can, but the outcome is out of their control. But River Bluffians, remember this. God is bigger than any coronavirus. He's bigger than all of my problems. He's bigger than all of my fears that you and I are facing this week and in the days to come. I don't know of a better topic to share from the Word of God than on prayer. And as Joe mentioned, we are in the middle of our sermon series, Jesus Determined. Uh, Two weeks ago, he talked about uh, raising up what's dead within us. And last week, he talked about Jesus determined to give us his peace. And as we dive into the Word of God this morning, to help shape our dependence on prayer. This morning, I want to... Focus our attention on prayer and how we desperately need to spend time on our knees in prayer in the presence of a holy, living, and loving God. In the time that we have together, I want to define prayer. I want to give building blocks of prayer. I want to give examples of those who prayed in a variety of places and positions and lessons that we can learn from praying. One of my fondest memories as a child was observing my mother and grandmother praying specifically for me. I don't remember the time, I don't remember the place, but I do remember walking in uh, to the house one day and they were sitting together and they were praying out loud for me. And I knew from an early age the importance and the value of prayer that was placed in my household. We knew before we ate, went to bed, made a big decision that we were going to pray, and we prayed for one another and our loved ones and for missionaries and for people we did not know. And I've seen and watched that legacy passed down uh, to my nieces and nephews. My brother, years ago, had a prayer bench in his office at home and. One day, his uh, children were playing church, which they played quite regularly on a regular basis. Uh, my nephew, uh, Craig, it was the preacher. His sister, Michaela, was the uh, worship pastor. And the younger sister, Caitlin, was doing all three. She was the preacher, the singer, and the congregation all wrapped in one. And my mom just happened to be taking care of them. My brother was, and his wife were out of town. For a conference and so she was there and uh, watching them and she felt the urge and the need to pray. And as they were playing church, they didn't, she didn't want to interrupt them and so, uh, or didn't want them to stop. So she quietly walked down and knelt on the prayer bench. And my, cu- and my nephew Craig watched her walk in, kneel down on the prayer bench and said these words. One has come to pray, are there any others? One has come to pray, are there any others? What a profound statement. My nieces and nephews, they're in their 30s and late 20s. But what a profound statement from a young child. One has come to pray, are there any others? I don't know what struggles you've had this week. I don't know what worries you've had this week. I don't know what anxieties you faced. But I do want to ask have you taken those anxieties, those worries, those burdens, and have you placed them at the feet of Jesus? 1 Peter 5 7 tells us to cast our cares upon Him, for He cares for us. And that word cast means to literally thrust to violently throw our worries and our cares to Him. And Almighty God loves us this morning, and He cares for each and every one of us. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 11. And we're going to take a look at a passage of Scripture that we're going to be talking about on prayer. And I think it's vitally important that we understand what Jesus is asking us to do This morning and how we need to be dependent upon him. Luke chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Pray with me, if you would. Father in heaven, we ask, Lord, that you would be with us this morning. That as we continue to dive into your word, may those words just jump off the page into our hearts and so that we might be comforted today. And Father, we thank you that Jesus had a certain place. And he asked us to have a certain place as well. And so may we follow you in obedience of falling down on our knees in prayer. And for it's in your son's name we pray and ask these things. Amen. In chapter 11, verse 1, we find Jesus praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples to pray. And of course, Jesus gave that uh, uh, verse that I just read in chapter 11. But the, from the, the, This is from the uh, English Standard Version, but the uh, New International Version says this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. From evil. From Genesis to Revelation, from cover to cover, the Bible is filled with prayers that have been spoken in times of adoration, of thanksgiving, in a time of need, and a time of despair. More has been written, more has been preached and thought about prayer than any other spiritual discipline. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great theologian, once said, I'd rather teach ten men to pray. Than to teach ten men to preach. This passage of scripture in Luke chapter eleven lays the foundation, serves as a building block, and gives us a beginning point when we pray. It's important to recognize and to realize that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. I want you to notice he didn't. They didn't ask him to teach them to preach. He asked, they asked him, Lord, teach me to pray. Prayer needs to be put into practice and utilized to be effective in our walk with Christ where we live, work, and play. In the Lord's Prayer, there is uh, a six building blocks in which Jesus directs our attention when we pray. And I've gotten this word messed up all week long. I call it a hexagon. I got it right. I've been calling it something else, but it's a six-sided little um, shape. And in the middle of that shape is our Father, our Father, our Abba Father, the one who loves us, the one who knows us by name, the one who even knows how much hair I have on my head, and the one loves you, and knows exactly what you're going through right now. Our Father, and it speaks to the character of who He is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that next line over to the side is that kingdom, that rule and reign over our lives. It is vitally important to remember and to be sensitive about the work of the kingdom of God. What a great opportunity that you and I have to spread love and to provide hope for people by asking them, how can I pray for you? Have you done that this week? Have you asked the Lord, how can I pray for you? Have you asked your friends, how can I pray for you? I did that the other day and I mean, I've got about a whole list of things that I'm praying for. My cousin fell and broke her leg, and so she's praying for recovery for her uh, leg. Another one is out of a job, and they're worried about how their finances are going to be. We can pray. We can speak truth into them. We can speak love and, and hope and encouragement. We have that opportunity to make a difference in the lives of our family and friends. Give us this day our daily bread talks about the provision that God gives us. One of, the, one of the promises of God that should give us hope for each day is that God indeed supplies all of our needs. When we pray, it's the part of the instruction that we ask the Father for the things that we need to make it through each day. Since it's part of his plan for us as we pray, then we should never hesitate to ask, What are you asking God to do in your life that you can't do for yourself? To come find out, we can't do anything by ourselves because we are dependent upon a holy God who loves us, who cares for us, who died for us, and wants to have a personal relationship. With each one of us. The next one is the bottom of that uh, hexagon is forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. That forgiveness. There's not a day that goes by that we should not be mindful of the forgiveness, grace, and compassion of God. First John 1.9 tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have been forgiven. We have been set free from the bondage of sin. And do not bring us into temptation. The last two of that hexagon is guidance and protection. It makes sense that the same loving, compassionate, kind Savior that went to great lengths to have a relationship with us would also take time to protect us. His plans and desires for us are so much better than anything we might plan ourselves. The only problem is we're the ones that don't always make wise choices. So, So how will we define prayer? So let me give you a definition of prayer. Prayer is the intimate communication between our heavenly father and his child. Prayer is the intimate communication between our heavenly father and his child. The first aspect of prayer is praise. When we pray, we need to begin with praise because the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. The word praise is used at least 186 times in the book of Psalms alone. Our praise to God needs to be continuous. We need to praise Him for His presence. We need to praise Him for His word, for His mercy, for His forgiveness, for His salvation, for His strength, for His patience, for His persistence. And provisions for His actions, for His loving kindness. Our praise to God must be continuous. Not only is our praise continuous, it must be vocal. Vocal. We need to sing unto the Lord a new song. We need to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Our praise to God is for His ears only. Doesn't matter what everybody else around you thinks of your singing. Praises to Him is what truly matters. There are plenty of courses that you can sing throughout the day, and Pastor Terry and our worship team do an excellent job in leading us in worship as they did this morning. Some uh, I've learned as a little child. I remember my first grade Sunday school teacher, Mrs. Langford, uh, teaching us. Uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But she also uh, shared with us this uh, uh, little chorus, and I'm not going to sing it because y'all would make fun of me if I did. It's it's a simple chorus that I guess you're going to be remembering this all week long, and I hope you do. I've got peace, love, joy, like a river. I've got peace, love, joy, like a river. I've got peace, love, joy, like a river, in my soul. As I have gotten older, I've come, as an adult, I've come to grasp the the uh, song "It Is Well" with my soul. And the chorus goes something like this: When peace like a river. Attendeth my way when sorrow like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. When you praise the Lord, you're bringing Him fresh into your presence. To have communication with the Lord, there must always be a connection. And to have a connection with God, there must be the awareness of his presence. Listen to some of these reactions to the presence of the Lord that we find in Scripture. First Kings chapter 19 verse 13. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. When he was in the presence of Almighty God, Elijah wrapped his head in a blanket. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 16 through 17 says this. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to the land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gates of heaven. Jacob said, surely the presence of Of the Lord is in this place. One of the one of the choruses that I can't remember all the words, but it's uh, Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary true and holy, tried and true with thanksgiving. And see, I can't remember rest, but that was the chorus that was in my mind. So I'm sure that You'll send me messages of what that song is uh, the rest of the week. So uh, thank you for doing that because uh, uh, I don't know the rest of the song. Uh, and uh, you would probably do the same thing if you were standing up here in front of nobody. Or, and, uh, and so uh, uh, anyhow, I, I regress. So so the scriptures that I just shared with you talk about the reactions of the presence of God. So you so you're asking, Well, Jimmy, how do I practice being in his presence? Well, take a look at first Thessalonians chapter five, verses sixteen through nineteen, and it simply tells us this rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How do we practice? Rejoice. Rejoice. As I shared earlier, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And get this, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guards your heart and your mind. Not only are we to be aware of his presence, we are to practice his presence. But sometimes when we're practicing in his presence, there must be a time of quietness. Must be a time of quietness. The psalmist wrote in in chapter 46, verse 10, be still. And know that I'm God. And Elijah, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, verses 11 through 13, gives us this account. So if you have your scripture, turn to Elijah, or 1 Kings chapter 19. And this is what uh, is said in verse 11. And he said, meaning God, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains in broken pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice saying to him, Lord, what what are you doing here, Elijah? There's three things I want you to get out of this passage of scripture here. Number one, God was not in the wind. Number two, God was not in the earthquake. Number three, God was not in the fire, but God was in that still, small voice or that gentle whisper. Have you been quiet enough this week to hear God's voice calling out to you? Have you been listening to the voice of God above all others? Have you been praying instead of worrying? Have you been praying instead of panicking there must be an awareness of his presence we have virtually everything at our fingertips have instant coffee instant cash instant news instant grits instant games and information but because we listen to the noise around us we miss the awareness of his presence Are you aware of His presence in your life today, last week? The second aspect of prayer is intercession. Intercession is praying on behalf of others, and we need to pray for those in authority, those who are far from God but close to us, and those who are lost without Jesus. And we need to pray for the Lord to send out workers into the field, for the laborers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. We have a plentiful harvest at our fingertips. What kind of impact do you and I want to make where we live and where we work and where we play? To give people hope. To give people hope. Because Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. What would have happened, and we did before we got on live, we prayed before the uh, broadcast. But what would have happened if, if you began to pray before you watch this live stream or even when you watch the podcast in the middle of the week? What if you prayed, God, Fill me with your wisdom. Fill me with understanding. Fill me with a heart that breaks for the things that break your heart. You know what it would do if you and I prayed? It would change us. It would change us, you and me, for the better. The third aspect of praying is petition. Petition is asking specifically for your individual needs, desires, and what can I do in my daily life to make an impact in the lives of others? One of the most powerful prayers that we find in Scripture, and there are multiple examples, comes from Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. In verse 3, Of chapter one of Philippians, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In verse six, he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And then in verse nine of Philippians chapter one, he says this, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and pure and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. People ask me all the time, uh, does it matter where we pray or what position we pray in? And every now and then, I, start, I started looking uh, through Scripture, and, and I started looking at the posture and the places of our, of our praying. In, in Exodus chapter, 41, chapter 4, verse 31, they were bowing. And the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that He had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and prayed and worshipped. And Luke chapter 22, verse 41, they were kneeling. Verse 41 says, And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. And Judges chapter 20, verse 26, they are sitting. There they sat before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. In Acts chapter 8, verses 28 through 31, they were riding. He said he had come to Jerusalem to worship the Ethiopian eunuch and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard, from, heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. I give you these scriptural references to say this. It is the position of the heart rather than the position of the body that matters when you pray. It is the position of the heart rather than the position of the body that matters when you pray. Look back at verse 1. They found him in a certain place. We don't know exactly where or what that certain place was, but we do know he had a specific place to pray. You too may have that specific place, a a special place, a certain spot in which you go to to pray. pray. In Scripture, we find that others had a certain or special place or spot to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, it was in a closet. In Acts chapter 1, it was the upper room. In Matthew 21, it was the church house. In Luke chapter 8, it was in a boat. In Jonah chapter 2, was in the belly of a whale. In Acts chapter 16, it was in a jailhouse. Many people do not pray because they feel like they are required to pray for a long time. Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8 says, When you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard. Because of their many words, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Elijah in 1 Kings prayed 63 words, and fire came down from heaven. Stephen prayed eight words and asked for peace before he was stoned to death. Peter prayed three words and asked for help. Jesus prayed seven words when he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Throughout Scripture, we find individuals who have learned to wait upon God in their prayer life. God answers our prayers in three ways. Yes, no, wait. Don't allow yourself to become weary as you pray for things. This reminder from Jesus on how to pray should encourage us. When it seems like our answers are slow to come, remember this passage in the days to come. Jesus knew we would feel this way, and he tells us to keep on praying. We find security in the fact that God hears and responds to our prayer. Don't be like the preacher who uh, was sitting at his house and the dam broke upstream and a rowboat come by and said, uh, Preacher, the dam is broke. The river's rising fast. Come on and get in. He says, No, I got all the faith in the world. The Lord is going to save me. A few minutes later, he was sitting on top of his uh, uh, of his roof. Another rowboat came by and said, uh, said Preacher, uh, the... The river's rising fast, you better hurry up. He says, No, I got all the faith in the world. The Lord's going to save me. A few minutes later, he's sitting on top of his chimney, and the helicopter comes by and said, Preacher's last call. River's rising fast, come on. He said, No, I got all the faith in the world. The Lord's going to save me. A few minutes later, he's standing before the Lord, and the Lord asked him, What are you doing here? He said, Well, I was waiting for you to help me. He said, Well, I sent two rowboats in the helicopter. What else did you want? He hears and responds to our prayer. Can you imagine praying for 120 years like Noah did and the flood came? Joseph prayed 13 years and was released from prison. Jeremiah prayed 70 years and the people of Israel were released from captivity. We may pray for someone or something before we know the answer to our prayers. We need never to give up on our prayer life. So, what are some lessons that we can learn while we pray? I think number one is it develops a right spirit. It develops a right spirit. The psalmist says, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. It also develops spiritual muscles. In, in Romans chapter 8 verse 26, it develops spiritual muscles. He says, In the same way, the Spirit helps in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts Knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. It also helps prepare us. In Romans chapter ten, beginning at verse uh, uh, verse nine, it says, "If we confess, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead." You will be saved, for it is with your heart that you have believed and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all, richly blesses all who call on Him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." And how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are your feet this week as you bring good news, as you bring hope to a world that's hurting. The fourth thing it does, it actually uh, strengthens our relationship with the Lord and with each other. And then number five, it, it creates an expectancy. We expect God to move in such a way that only he can do, using us to be that vehicle of hope as we pray for others. Finally, as we close, When we prayed, we need to remember a couple things. I think the most important one is God is in control. This didn't take him by surprise. God is in control. He also has his time and place. Uh, There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to cry. Everything under the sun. I think also instant... Answers do not mature us. Instant answers don't always mature us. We have to wait patiently upon the Lord. I know for myself, patience is my greatest need. I think uh, this week, uh, as I was going from... um, From grocery store to grocery store, there's a couple of things that I needed that I couldn't get. Cheese. Couldn't get cheese. Pam asked me to go get cheese, and I caught her up and said, there's no cheese anywhere. Wasn't even going to go look for toilet paper because I knew it wasn't there. Didn't need water, but there was no water there. But, uh, but I did find my eggs. Because if I can't have my eggs, I'm in trouble. And so... Patience is my greatest need. And I think finally, be persistent. Keep asking and keep knocking on the door of the Lord's heart. For he wants to provide for you. Pray with me. Father, we come into your presence. We thank you for your word that you have given to us this morning. I pray that it would give us a sense of normalcy, knowing that we can open up the word of God, that it can, it can encourage us, it can lift our spirits. And Father, we ask this week that so is your word that goes out from your mouth. It will not return to you void or empty, but will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you sent it. May we look to you for our strength. May we look to you for our guidance. May we look to you for our hope. Hope that's only found in you. For it is in the power and the precious and wonderful name of Jesus we ask these things. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you're in North Charleston this Sunday, please consider visiting us at our 9 o'clock or 1130 services. We'd love to see you. Again, for more information, visit rivergluff.org. Now go change the world.